It's January 23rd right now. I am... I think I might be struggling, but I don't feel like I'm struggling. And so I just want to have an unsolicited conversation. Um, I think that that would be a good thing to have this podcast try and um, achieve sometimes. We're 23 days into the new year. I made a podcast episode about following God in 2024, um, getting closer to Jesus, and uh, what I put an emphasis on was acting on God's word and uh, God's spoken message to us. Uh, But in these 23 days, it's been tough because... I haven't read the word as much as I've wanted to. I haven't heard God speak as much as I would like to. I, um, doubt is pretty easy to, uh, to reform. I've grown up in a household with a faithful mother and an atheistic father. I I value that a lot because I value the questions. Um, <coughs> I apologize. I'm sick. I, I, I value the questions. I value the questions that the atheistic father brings and I value the reassurance and the, um, the growth that my Christian mother brings. And then we have my younger brother who I don't know where he's at. I value that too because I can be a light to him. And um and recently my atheistic father has started, you know, coming back to church. Um not every Sunday, but more regularly than before. Um which has been great. And I've just felt a little bit more open to him. Um but back to back to questions. I think it's it's been easier for me to question, though, because some people who live a a, a very Christian life, who who grow up in a Christian home, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, grow up in a Christian home, experience Jesus for themselves. They don't just have to experience Jesus on behalf of their parents. You know, they don't just have to be a Christian because of their parents. They can experience Jesus too. So much we put a stereotype, especially the other communities that doubt Christians put a stereotype on, oh, you grew up in a Christian household, that's why you're a Christian, and that's false. You don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to grow up in a Christian household or a solely Christian household to be a Christian, right? Uh, If I had grown up in an atheistic household, I might be atheistic right now. And I'll admit that. But what I won't admit is that I'm Christian because I grew up with a Christian mom. It's given me an outlet to find Jesus. Maybe I, if I grew up in an atheistic house, I wouldn't have um, <coughs> I wouldn't have had an opportunity. But um, but the fact is, I still found Jesus the same as you. Obviously, not the same as you, but we both found the same Jesus. We both found the same God. We both found the same true God, and we both found the same word. And after all that, back to questioning is, it's always been easy for me to question because of this atheistic mindset that's been slowly implanted into me. Uh, Not only through the influence, not even direct influence from my father, but um, just the little things here and there of questioning of the Christian faith and um, some people around me who also question it. <coughs> and I think um, I think it's easier for me to question. And so I was, I was on YouTube the other day as I spend a lot of my time on YouTube, um, especially when I'm sick. And I was scrolling around and I found this poll. This poll was from ESPN. I'm a sports guy. Uh, but ESPN does these weird polls where they put out something that um, 
they put out they put, they put out these thir- uh these uh these polls with like these word questions. It's not weird, but it's like not what you would expect ESPN to put out. So they had this poll and it was like, Do you believe in miracles? And obviously I clicked yes. I mean I'm a Christian, I believe in a God. The earth is a miracle created by God. <coughs> I go into the comment section. And um uh, you know, because I, I was curious. I was curious of like who was gonna be sharing the gospel down there and you know what the um what the receiving end of this would be. So I go down there. And I see someone, I, I see a few comments, and then I get to this one, it's like, uh, you know, miracles are real because of the one true Jesus Christ, or something like that. I don't remember the exact comment, it doesn't necessarily matter the exact comment, but I just know that it had Jesus in it. The top comment, was a re- the top reply to that was, this man needs help period that's it this man needs help as a christian we're taught not to get angry but do you know how much in that moment that upset me that upset me so much why why is there so much hate towards jesus why is there so much hate Why why are people attacking what I've experienced, what people have experienced, to be real? How can you attack my testimony? How can you attack this person's testimony? Because if you sat down there and this person shared their testimony, I guarantee <coughs> that there would be miracles in that testimony. <coughs> So how are you going to explain on a poll where the this person most likely voted the top com the top reply was this man's help where that commenter probably re, re- uh re- voted on the poll saying yes miracles are real. How are you going to explain the miracles are real with to me while also at the same time dismaying this person's testimony? And so it got me thinking, and um, and I think I I shouldn't have jumped to that conclusion, right? I shouldn't have immediately went there because you know the Christian community does the same thing, <coughs> whether we like it or not. You know, um, we do the same thing. In March, uh, I'll be preaching. Uh, on stage about non-judgment is what the sermon has um, adapted into and um and so you know i i can't i can't judge like that i never said those words right i never said those out of my mouth until now but i can't judge like that i can't feed my mind like that but that doesn't that doesn't like that doesn't disregard the anger that I had. As much as I would like it, as much as me saying I should not judge like this, it doesn't disregard the anger. It doesn't disregard my judgment. But you know what it also doesn't do? What it also doesn't do is it also doesn't disregard this man's judgment judgment. The guy replying. And so we all have judgment in our hearts. And that's something that we need to work on because in the search for, uh, you know, things to put in the sermon, how to, uh, you know, work on the sermon, I found that, (coughs) (coughs) I found that there's, that not all judgment is bad, right? Not, not all judgment has to be bad. There's some judgment that can be good. We have to judge by true character, and um, you know I don't know this man's true character. This man could have a billion things right with him. 
this man could be this, you know, very nice guy. He could be this creative, you know, um, he, he has a great job. He's kind to people at work. He does good for uh, his job. He spreads love. You know, he he cares for, if he has kids, he cares for his kids. If he has friend, if he has like, uh, I would guess he had friends, but you know. If he has friends, then he cares for his friends. This could be a caring guy. This could be <coughs> a, you know, loving man who, um, uh, you know, creative, passionate. Um, male. I don't know. I don't know any other words that I can, you know, personality traits. This could be a patient guy. This could be a kind guy, a loving guy, you know, whatever it is. He could be all that. I never saw that side of that man. I never saw the patient side. I never saw the kind side. And I'm sitting here judging him. Because of one comment he made. Without knowing his character, I'm judging his character. That is a point that I make in the sermon. Long story short, way, way far off track. But back to questions. And a little bit of a struggle I'm going through. Just questioning. Just questioning, like, that made me question. Is God real? That genuinely made me question. And if I'll share something with you, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to be very vulnerable right now because I'm embarrassed. But I have this fear, and I think I have a fear of the dark. I'm a teenager, and I think I have a fear of the dark. And it's it's mainly because I've watched so many, like, you know, detective shows and murder mysteries, and this and that. (coughs) (coughs) But I, um, I genuinely have a fear of the dark. And I like to pray with my eyes closed. And so praying with my eyes closed makes, uh, you know, my fear of the dark makes praying a lot harder. And so I I saw this message I saw this comment before I took a bath took a bath sitting there angry thinking about it you know whatever uh you know searched on YouTube like how to handle hate of Jesus you know how to handle people hating on Jesus um and I'll get back to that but I stumble I I I went upstairs, you know, I changed, I got ready for bed, and I lay down. <coughs> I'm texting someone that I was texting about how angry I was. And I would, um, I just took a break. I, I texted them. I knew they were texting me back because my phone was on ring. But I just set my phone down. I just laid there for like, you know, five, ten minutes praying. And that was a struggle. That was a struggle. It was the first. It, it was. I thought I had figured. I thought I had figured it out. Because I've been struggling with prayer for a while. I think mainly because I'm inconsistent. And mainly because I, I do have a fear of the dark. And so I can't like. I can't handle. Praying anymore. In the dark. And. Uh, and so it's, it's kind of like made my relationship shallow, shallower. I think, I think there's four pillars of faith, uh, fellowship, ministry, fellowship, fellowship, ministry, worship. Oh, uh, not worship, uh, prayer in the Bible. (coughs) (coughs) So in order to live a good (coughs) life, I think that 
you know, obviously we follow the Bible and uh, what it tells us. But I think we also have to have good fellowship. We have to uh, partake in some sort of ministry, whether that's just sharing with our friends or whatever. Uh, we have to so we have to read the Bible. We have to share with our friends as ministry. We uh, we also that could be fellowship as well. If you uh, if those friends are um, Christian, maybe or sharing with atheist friends, sharing with atheistic people, uh, and then having fellowship, uh, talking about God. Uh, being in the presence of God with others, and then there's there's prayer, and so prayer is necessary. Prayer brings us closer. Prayer is our way of talking to God, and so if I'm struggling, if I'm trying to have a relationship with God, and I'm struggling talking to God I can't have a good relationship with God if I'm trying to have a good relationship with my best friend but I refuse to talk to my best friend I'm not having a good relationship with my friend it's just a fact it's just a fact If I say I want to have a good relationship with my friend and I sit down at the table with my friend and I don't talk, am I having a good relationship with my friend? We need to communicate, right? And so how is that having a good relationship with them? And I think I think so much we think of like prayer as like us talking to God. But we need God to talk to us. It needs to be two ways. Because back to the friend analogy, if I sit down at the table with my friend and I talk, I talk. I need to allow my friend to talk. I can't just keep talking and keep talking and not let them talk. I have to let them talk as well. It needs to be two-way. It needs to be a two-way conversation. And so, I don't think we let God talk enough. And I think that that's, that's where we can question when we're talking and talking and yapping and yapping and yapping to God, you know, like, are we praying? Are we praying by just throwing our conversation and throwing our problems at God? Are we just like, like, are we, are we taking ideas and throwing like, is God a wall? And do we have duct tape balls with ideas and problems? Are we just throwing them at the wall and seeing what sticks? Seeing what God's going to take, what God's going to reject? Are we, are we the wall? And is God the thrower? Do we allow ourselves to be the wall? Do we allow ourselves for God to throw things at us? But let me tell you this. If God has five duct tape balls and he throws them at the wall, how many of them are going to stick? If we see one throwing at us, if we see the ball of judgment throwing at us, we just bat it away because we don't want to deal with it. We don't want to deal with giving up our judgy ways. We see the ball of be more kind. We bat it away. We don't want to have to be more kind. We want to be these this not patient, not kind person. We see the ball of joy. Bat it away. And then we see the ball of love. And we let that one stick. Because we want love. Are we choosing what we want to stick? Is that what we're doing?
Or are we just not allowing ourselves to be the wall? You can't allow what has to stick if you're not the wall, and you shouldn't be allowed to say what sticks and not. You shouldn't be allowed to bat it down. You're a wall. How are you going to bat a ball down? But we still do it. God hurdles these things at us. So much. So much. We are that one-sided conversation. I feel like that one-sided conversation. I feel like I'm the only one talking and God's not even there. God's not even there with me at the table. But I'm not even letting God talk to me. God is saying, Emmett, you have sin, you have problems. Here are solutions. And he's throwing them at me and I'm batting them down. No, I don't want to be more joyful. No, I don't want to be more this. I don't want to be more that. I'm batting them away. But we're trying to live our best life. Why am I batting it away? I don't know. I don't know why I'm batting it away. Romans 12.2 says, Don't be conformed to the behaviors of this earth. That's why we're batting them away. That is why we are batting these things away. Because if we become the wall, we want to be an earthly wall. So we bat judgment away. We bat kindness away. We bat joyfulness away. Because those are worldly things that now now are being for granted are ta- being taken for granted the amount of judgment that goes on on this earth if you're an atheist and you're the wall you're batting everything away you don't want to hear it you do not want to hear it you don't even believe that there's something throwing these at you but they're being thrown at you and you don't want to hear it Because you're living worldly. You're conforming to the world. If God's throwing me these things, if God's throwing you these things, if we all line up, and we all get out there in this big long field, and we all of us line up, Everyone on this world. And Jesus just comes down. He has 7 billion duct tape balls. And he just goes boom, 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 boom. X, you know, 7 billion, 8 billion now. Just throws us our biggest problem. How many of us are going to be like, swat the ball away? We don't want to hear it. (coughs) (coughs) How many of us are going to do that? I would argue so many of us. And so, I've sidetracked, but, you know, this is supposed to be an unsolicited, I, I think that's the word. Conversation. This is a conversation. I know you're not talking to me, but I'm just laying it all out. This doesn't have this. This podcast episode doesn't have a topic. We got to one place. Now we're over here, and we can go back to another place. Work over there. I don't care how long this podcast episode is. I don't care if you listen to all of it. I need to get it out. I need to put as much advice in here that I'm experiencing at my age, that I've experienced throughout my life. So back to questioning. These comments made me question. I've grown up in an atheistic, uh, not fully minded house, but, you know, with these atheistic ideas being thrown around. I can question so easily, so easily, so easily I can be provoked into questioning. 
I went to camp. I went to camp this summer after a horrible, horrible school year. I messed up so badly. I was so sinful. I was agnostic at one point. I was atheist at one point. I didn't understand who Jesus was. I didn't read the Bible. What do you think I'm... What? I didn't read the Bible. You know? I, I, I didn't touch my Bible. I moved it from place to place. You know, it's getting in my way. I need to move it over here. I didn't know how to even read my Bible. I thought it was this big, weird thing. But God still worked for me. God still worked for me. But I questioned so, so much. I, I did not stop my questioning. And so, I, I, um... I, 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 hmm. I questioned, I never questioned sexuality, I never questioned any of the big things. I definitely questioned my faith, I definitely questioned who I was, I definitely invested myself into others. And who other people thought I was. Which is one of the most dangerous things you can do. So I was living this life of question. I would go from thing to thing questioning if that was me. Back to camp though is... <clears throat> I went to my week of camp and I had this great amazing time. I had this amazing experience. I felt the presence of God. The week, the the camp theme was focus. Inviting us to focus on God's presence. And I did. I focused on God's presence. But if I'm being honest, I didn't. I didn't focus on God's presence the first night. And and so through that, um, I I didn't focus on God's presence the first night. But I, God knew something special was going to happen. God knew that something that something was gonna move in me, but I didn't focus the first night. The first night I focused on being me, though. I found myself. I experienced this this weird thing happened where I just this goofy running around guy. I ran around ra waving a flag and just being, just just kind of letting go, letting go of people judging me. And and it's the most joyful thing ever. And um, I was waving that flag. I don't know if they were talking about me. I don't know. But someone said, what a guy. And if they were talking about me, then thank you. <laughs> thank you. But long story short is I, I didn't focus on God the first night. But God, God wanted me to focus. God knew that something was going to happen. God wanted me to focus. So I, I loved being that goofy guy so much. So, so much that I, I continued it. Second day of camp, and I ran and ran and ran with that flag. And I said, hey guys, I want to, I want to run with that flag again. Let me be the first to be done with the activity so I can run around and cheer you guys on. There's this hula hoop game where once you got around the circle, then one person got out. So I was the first one to get out. 
grabbed the flag, ran around a lap once. We were in this big field, and it was like we all made this circle with our circles. So I was just running around everyone in this one big lap. And I go around the second time, and as I'm coming to the end of the lap, I, I hit a pothole. And I'm barefoot, completely barefoot. And I just hear this pop. Just like pop. And I'm like, oh no. I kept running. I didn't think anything of it. But I, 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 I couldn't run. I was like trying. And I was like, ah, dang it. So I like started jogging and I was like oh I I did something I definitely did something and um and so I I got up I started running a little bit more and then I was like I can't do this it feels like it feels like just someone's just like squeezing the side of my foot as hard as they possibly can like I can't put any pressure on this thing thought it was broken luckily it wasn't but I was worried for a second and uh it was the side of my foot that I I kind of like sprained or something I don't know exactly what happened I never went to the doctor um but it slowed me down it slowed me down so <coughs> so it slowed me down it made me pray for healing and I learned something about prayer. I learned something about prayer. And the thing that I learned about prayer is prayer works. As I said, I was questioning all year long everything. Questioning my faith. Questioning this. Questioning that. Questioning God's real. <coughs> <coughs> losing my faith. Losing, you know, my faith practices. And so, I... um. I learned something that day that prayer is real. Prayer works. And how I figured this out was um, I went around. <coughs> and I would like pray for my ankle. And every time I was like, oh my, it, it got 1% better. Didn't happen immediately, but it got 1% better. So I kept walking around. And I kept praying. So I go up to one of these guys, and I know he's a very religious person, so he will pray for me. <coughs> and, I, and I say, <coughs> no coughing, but I said, uh, you know, I, I said, I pray, and every, every time I pray, I, it gets 1% better. And he goes, oh, that's awesome, and he puts his hand on my leg down towards my ankle, and he goes, God, I just pray for Emmett's ankle. I just pray for Emmett's foot that it would get better. You know, the power of prayer is real. And so, I walk away, and there were these two girls that I know. My best friend, one of them is my best friend that I've known for years. <coughs> And she's with her cousin, and she's walking, and she could have never heard us talking. She could have never heard me and the guy talking. So they're way over, and they go, they, I'm walking out of this, I'm walking out of the pool area, and they were just across the way. And I'm walking out of the pool area, but I'm like limping. I've been limping. But I just hear them say, Emmett, you're not limping as much. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, what just happened? What actually just happened? I just prayed for this, and I just said it gets a, it gets 1% better every time, and then they just told me that I wasn't limping as much. Like, this, this is actually, like, I didn't know if it was actually real, but it was. It is. And so I just, I just laid down in his presence. I just... 
just stayed in his presence all that week. And that might that might have been the best week of my life. Because I read the Bible daily. I prayed daily. I had conversations I never would have dreamt that I would be having. I heard these different messages that I would have never dreamt of happening. Happening. I I did things for other people that I would have never thought that that was what I could do and that was the love I could spread. I I had worship time that I never thought of and just I saw the love of others and the love of God. And I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I never I never knew that I could love like the way I loved and I tried to love. And I never knew that other people could love the way that they loved and the way that they tried to love. I just saw how love could change people. We were worshiping this one night and I see the drummer, he's like, struggling to drum because he's bawling his eyes out. And so I walked up. I I put myself out there. In front of this crowd of 150 people. I walked up there and I put his, my hand on his shoulder. And we just stood there with our hands raised in the air, worshiping. And I could just see how love changed people. I could just see how love could change things. And so I learned that prayer was real. I learned that love could change. But I still questioned. I still questioned. Like I said, I learned these things. I had experience with these these things. I learned this, I learned that. But I still questioned if God was real. I had this year of my life that I spent questioning. And the biology of questioning, the nature of questioning and how we question, just got engraved into me. I didn't know it. But as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I have this questioning father. I have these questioning people in my life that I've been around for this last year, and I've dug into the questioning. And now I can question easily. I feel like questioning is a part of me now because of how much I've dug into it. It's just like how much we feel that Jesus is a part of us when we dig into the word, when we dig into everything that Jesus tells us to do, when we pray, when we worship. So I have this tendency to question now only because only because of this year of my life, only because of the circumstances that I put myself in this year. And so I, I'm realizing then that I have the the tendency to question. And I realized when I was, I was volunteering a week later, same camp for younger kids, my younger brother was there, and I'm just realizing, like, it's so easy to be atheist. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought it's so easy to be atheist? Because you don't have to follow these things. You don't have to worry about if you're praying enough. You don't have to worry about if you're reading the Bible enough. You don't have to worry about if you're sinning. You don't feel convicted on things that you do. You do not feel these different things because you just don't care. You don't give into it. You you like you can you you don't question. 
whether God is real, because you don't believe in God. God is so personal that someone who believes solely in what science tells them never digs into God. They don't ever question if Jesus is real. If God is real. If Jesus rose. If Jesus is our Savior. Because they don't think about it. It's so easy to be atheist. So by it's being so easy to be atheist, it's so easy to question. And so we just question so much. And I I started not questioning as much. I started giving up my questioning. Something flipped. Something in my mind, in my soul, whatever it was. I don't know because I'm not God. I don't know what changed about me. But I had stopped questioning in in the blink of an eye. I just stopped questioning whether God is real. And that that went on until I read that comment. But the comment was just this man needs help. As hateful as that is, what in the world would make me question about that comment? What would make me question? It could make me question my prayer life. It could make me want to pray and then praying make me question. I have, in fact, been in a time over the last two weeks leading up until this comment that I read of questioning my prayer life. I stopped feeling God. For so much I was in the presence of God. But I stopped. I can't always be in the presence of God. That's a lie. That's a lie. I shouldn't have said that. I can always be in the presence of God. But I have to attend school. (laughs) I have to attend school. I have (laughs) obligations. I have obligations to do. I can't just sit there and read my Bible all day. I wish I could. I truly wish I could. And then I have these other things pulling me in. These worldly things pulling me in. Like, (coughs) Would I really rather read my Bible or watch YouTube? Would I really rather read my Bible or sleep? And so I'm choosing watching YouTube, I'm choosing sleep, I'm choosing playing the video game, I'm choosing hanging out with my family, I'm choosing this, I'm choosing that. Now, uh, now I want I want to go on a sidetrack. Uh, I hope I get back to questioning my prayer life. But um, I I just mentioned you know hanging out with my family and there's a verse in the Bible. I don't know where it. Is. I don't know what verse it is. Is it Matthew? Uh, and the Bible shouldn't upset shouldn't upset us. It really shouldn't, but it does. It does upset us like. Why can't we do this? Why can't we do that? What? What's? What's this? What's that? The Bible upset me when Jesus said, "Don't call your father your father because you're 
or don't call your dad your father or something like that because your one true father is God in heaven. That upset me. Because that's my dad. I have a mother and a father. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. It's on my TV right now. It's a screensaver. And that can't be my father. The Bible is telling me that I can't call him my father. And so... I think that what that verse is is not saying don't call him your father. I think there's there's a deeper meaning in that and saying God is number one, everything else is number two. And so back to this thing is I can talk to my family all day. I can hang out with my family all day without reading the Bible. And family should be number two, right? Family should be second in line. God should be first. I don't know where I wrote it out. I think I wrote it out there. I was thinking. God one. Family two. Friends three. Then whatever else, but, you know, you have to put school in there somewhere. You know, I can't just put my friends over at school, but, you know, I wish I could, but I can't. But the fact of the matter is, God is over school. God is over friends. God is over family. Where do I fall? Where do I fall? And pause for a second, because... I just want to say, I have no idea where this this podcast is going. This episode is going. So I just, like, I'll think of things and I'll be convicted about things and I'll just say them. That's why I keep, like, going on these different tang- tangents, right? Uh, unpause. Where do I fall? Where is me? Because my mental well-being. Does it fall anywhere in here? Yes, it does. But at the same time, it doesn't. By me putting God first, I am... I am helping my mental well-being. I am... uh, I am... um, By me putting God first, I am choosing to live a great life, which means that my mental well-being should be fine. So then you sit there and you ask yourself, if my mental well-being is not fine, where am I putting God? If my mental well-being should be fine, when God's first, where am I putting God? Does that mean that God cannot be first? Does that mean that I'm putting God somewhere else? I don't want to do that. I don't want to put God anywhere else. So, like... Where am I putting God? Am I putting my family over him? Am I putting YouTube over him? Because boy, boy oh boy, YouTube over God. That is where we get sinning. You may live your life. You may live your life thinking... Everyone always talks about sin, living a life of sin, even though they're God. 
I feel like I don't sin. I do that. I do that. I sit there and I say, everyone says that they're sinful. Blah, 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 blah. I feel like, I, what am I doing that's sinful? What, what? I do that. I'm sorry. But I do that. Another very judgmental thing that I partake in. Unfortunately. And I'm trying to work on it. Because I realize why, by, by saying no to the Bible, by saying no to prayer, because I'm scared of the dark, that I am, that I'm putting God second, or sometimes even third. <coughs> That's not good. That is definitely not good. And like I said, I mean, like, convicted of these things, like, as I'm talking. Like, I haven't thought through this. I just sat down thinking, 30 minutes, whatever, talk about this, that I'm kind of struggling. I've been recording for 51 minutes. Let me say that again, I've been recording for 51 minutes. So, like... It goes to show that there's a lot more going on with me than I even realize. But if I sat here and I prayed about it. If I prayed for 51 minutes, 52 about now. I th I think like, I think mentally I might die. Because that's the fear that I have. I can't say, like, I, I can't, I feel like it's impossible for me to sit here for 52 minutes and just pray. That's so much of a barrier to me. And, like, I don't, I don't know. Like that, that, that's not, that's not good. There's no way that that's good. Right? There's no way that I'm so blocked that I can't pray for, you know, however long I might want to pray for. I don't, I don't know how anyone does it. I don't know how people pray for long periods of time. I don't know how people don't... Wouldn't rather watch YouTube than read their Bible. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And I know it's not good. But... With that all being said, I don't I don't think I should stop watching YouTube. I don't feel at all in any way convicted to stop watching YouTube. There's nothing wrong with just watching YouTube. There's something wrong with me putting YouTube over the Bible. Me putting YouTube over God. It's a month till my birthday. I haven't even thought about it. This is the first time I've thought about it. So, like, that's something I'm doing right. Like, not prioritizing my birthday. Rather than, you know, stressing about what am I going to do about my birthday. That's what I was doing last year at this time. And instead, just like, just living right now. 
not even thinking about my birthday, right? <clears throat> but then we get to the point where I thought about Christmas well before it was Christmas. I wasn't thinking about Jesus and Christmas, though. I can think about my birthday, but can I think about me in relation to when I think about my birthday? I think about my birthday, do I think about me? When I think about Christmas, do I think about Jesus? And the answer should be yes. The answer should be a resounding yes. No doubt in my voice should be yes. You should not be able to hear any stuttering, anything in my voice when I say yes. That is what I'm thinking about. But that's not. That's not what I'm thinking about, about Christmas all the time. And while it should be, it, it isn't. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know. I'm just laying out all everything. I can keep going. I I have things to do, but I could keep going. I could do I could I could do this for hours. I could do this for hours and hours and hours if I wanted to go into depth on everything and why I do everything that I do and why I do this and why I do that. Yeah. Um I don't know I don't know where I'm this might take us. But I'm doing it. There was another comment. There was another comment right below the other one. And it said, with God there's miracles. And the first reply was just like the other one. It said, so no miracles then. Because with God there's miracles. So this person is saying there's no God. By saying that there's no miracles. That one that one upset me too. I mean, definitely not as much as the other one. Saying that this man needs help just because he loves Jesus. Like, I don't know. That was, that was another comment. Um... Oh, I was gonna, oh, okay, okay. Um, so back to, like, my prayer life stink is what I like to call it because I watched a video a long time ago on the same lines when it didn't actually apply to me, but I still watched it, and now I come back to that video sometimes when I have a prayer life stink, um, which is recently. So I was experiencing this prayer life stink, and I, uh, I, I, prayed and worshipped. I was at youth group and we were worshiping. And um and I prayed. I was sitting there and uh I think it was it was probably nothing else. That song. Oh I just want you nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you nothing else, nothing else that one, um, and I, I normally close my eyes, and I pray the words, I pray the lyrics, so I'm just sitting there in my mind, I'm like, I, I don't want nothing else, nothing else, Lord, nothing else, I just want you, and then, like, that snags me, so I go into, like, a little bit more prayer, like, Lord, I can't, I can't just have you right now. I'm I'm struggling to just have you. Lord, just help me have you. Only help me to, you know, unconditionally have you. To this and that. <coughs> Mind you, you can have other things. Just because you need to be in the presence of God always does not mean that you have to give up YouTube. Does not mean that you have to give up this or that. 
But commit your life to God. That's what I need to do is commit my life to God. And I'm working on that. Back to nothing else. Just praying there. And I never knew. I never knew that chills were like the way of like the spirit working. But. (coughs) But I remember the first summer camp I ever went to. (coughs) Or the second I guess it would be. I felt chills, and I was like, to my youth pastor, one of my youth pastors, I go to two youth groups, I said, Caleb, I feel chills every time I sing, and he's like, oh, that's amazing, and I'm like, what, what, like, I didn't ask him what it meant, but I was like, what, what does it mean, you know, like, am I just imagining it, is it because there's fans around me, is there, is it because this, is it because that, like, no, no, it's because, like, it's because you're feeling the spirit. He didn't tell me that. I mean, I don't know. I had figured that out when I was, you know, way, you know, after my air questioning now. And um, that's the way That's the way of the spirit. That's how I personally feel the spirit. I don't know if everyone feels the spirit like that, but that's how I feel the spirit. And I was just thinking, you know, I haven't cried while worshiping in a long time I haven't felt that I've been this like spiritual drought as far as feeling the spirit and letting the spirit control me in certain times of worship (laughs) (coughs) so I'm realizing that right there um, but I, I felt the spirit in that moment. I felt chills. I felt a lot of chills. And, um, you know, one of those, one of the lines in that one is, uh, Oh, I'm not here for blessings. And I never really truly figured out what that meant. I... I just sung the song. I didn't even like the song for a long time. And I was like, oh, this actually relates to me. Oh, okay, I love this song. Oh, this is this is an amazing song, and it relates to me, and I need it. So I love this song. That's what happened. I didn't actually, like, I didn't ever dig into it before. But I, I would always be, like, hoping for these chills. I just be like, I'm worshiping, and I hope that I have these chills, you know. I want these chills. I want to feel chills. But then then one day I heard that. I heard that lyric. I'm not here for blessings. And I was like, by me... By me wanting the chills from God, from the Spirit, from Jesus, am am I wanting a blessing? Am I here for a blessing? Just because just because of that. Am I here for a blessing? Am I here so that I feel the chills? Am I here so that so I don't I don't know. Is that why I'm here? Like no, 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 no. Please tell me no. But I'm pretty sure that that's that's why I worshipped for a while. It's just to feel the chills. It's just like I would say, like, let me feel the chills. Let me, you know, this. I want the chills. You know, they. I love the. I love feeling the chills because it just like, makes me feel like the spirit's there or whatever. <laughs> and so, so I would always want the chills. I always want to feel the chills when I was worshiping, and I was like, is that? me wanting a blessing is that me acting in worship just for a blessing just to feel the chills but at the same time it's like I come to worship to feel God to praise him but is that me wanting a blessing so all these convictions just all these things and That's my life right now. I'm figuring it out. And I hope that this podcast episode helps me figure it out. You know, I I want to figure it out. 
Lord, I just pray that the listener resonated some way with this. That the listener got out something of this. Lord, I just pray for all of us. Everything that we're going through, because we're all going through something, Lord. And just like I may not want to admit that I'm sinful, just like I look at some other people and say, I'm not that sinful. I don't think I sin all the time. Just like that. We're all going through something. Whether it's horrible or whether it's low scale. Whether it's stress or anxiety and we don't even realize it. Lord, I just pray that you relieve us from it. I pray for healing for that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, you just got jesus It's our little tagline for the end of the show. Thank you for listening to me ramble about my thing. I appreciate it. I appreciate you being here listening. I hope you got to the end of this episode. And I hope you're blessed.